Hi, this is Jim Shelker, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Tonight, we're running a business, so sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. Yeah, I know on this podcast we've talked about a lot about running your comic as a business. You know, where you have to take it serious, where you have to basically look at the marketing, the advertising, doing stuff like limited liability corporation statements, that sort of thing. Heck, we've talked to a lot of people about how to become a successful businessman, and we've even looked at basically a lot of interesting business models. You know, for that matter, we've looked at how to do a Kickstarter versus print-on-demand. All of that's really nice and all that, but it doesn't actually get down to the actual nuts and bolts of running a business. Tonight, we're actually going to be looking at those nuts and bolts. Of course, we're going to have to make certain allowances that this is a comic, and there are certain issues that have to be dealt with when it comes to running a comic. But again, that's all part of the nuts and bolts. We're going to be dealing with a lot, a lot tonight. And so, yeah, expect this to be boring. Expect this to be not really all that glamorous. But at the same time, this is a lot of stuff that if you're serious about your comic and you actually want to see it succeed as a business, I mean, if you'd like to go from basically something you do just for the fun of it to something you can actually pay your rent with, well, this is actually going to be a little bit on the interesting side. I mean, straight up. I'm going to do the obvious caveat of pointing out that there is a reason as certified public accountants are not considered the most glamorous position in the entire universe. And in fact, they're considered one of the most boring. I'm not trying to be offended to the CPAs. You guys do a great job. But at the same time, what job you do do isn't exactly, well, all that exciting. It's a lot of number crunching, and it can get really exciting if you see some really interesting stuff happen. But generally, you know, part of the reason you got into the job in the first place was because it's safe, it's secure, and it's not exactly life-threatening. You know, it's just straight up. Running a business when it comes down to the nuts and bolts is not all that exciting, but it's something you basically have to do. So, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. I mean, a little bit of fun with it, unfortunately. But generally speaking, this should give you a decent briefer on how to basically run your business. Alright, so first off, let's cover stuff. a lot of stuff that this isn't going to be. We've done Kickstarters to death, so obviously I'm not going to be too worried about that. I'm also not going to be worried too much about stuff like fictitious business name statements or LLCs. You know, straight up. We've touched on that in the past and we've done a lot better job of it. Tonight we're just trying to basically look at what it basically takes to run it as a business. We're also probably not going to be dealing with a lot of stuff on how to do writing and drawing, obviously. So, you know, yeah, I know, that's my exciting part. I'm going to miss that definitely tonight. The bottom line is, tonight is pretty much like I keep emphasizing, nuts and bolts. It's going to be boring. It's going to be dry. It's not really going to be all that humor-filled. So, with that said, let's start with planning. Obviously, when it comes to planning a comic, there's a lot that's going to go into it. Uh, Especially considering that not only are you having to deal with trying to get stuff out and make sure it's shipped, but you're also going to have to also worry about things like schedules, and then you're also going to have to worry about convention appearances. What this means is that somehow or another, you need to basically get one of those big planning schedules and start having a little bit of fun with it. You need to figure out when exactly you're shipping stuff. And because we are dealing with webcomics and general digital in general, obviously shipping doesn't necessarily mean you have to put it in the actual post office. You know, it's just straight up. This is when you're basically delivering it to the people you actually want to read your comic. If you happen to have some sort of subscription service set up, awesome. If you happen to basically have something that's a little bit more like a print-on-demand situation, like through Amazon's KDP or Lulu or any of another half-dozen services, this is something you're definitely going to have to consider. Even if you're doing a webcomic, which happens to have 
at least a da- you know daily schedule or that monthly or even a weekly schedule. The bottom line is is that you're still going to be having to plan when your comic goes out one level or another. So straight up, the first thing you need to figure out is start setting some of the deadlines. Just basically saying, hey, this is basically when we're going to have the comic ready. Or this is when we're going to ship it. And we need to basically have it ready by this particular time. It's just straight up. You're going to find this. This is going to keep you nice and organized. And it's actually going to keep you motivated in itself just to keep those deadlines. You do not want to do like Image Comics and just simply basically have a random shipping schedule. It's going to drive people crazy. There's a lot of reasons to actually keep a consistent schedule. And the bottom line is, well, you just need to keep to your schedule as much as you possibly can. When you start looking at your schedule, keep in mind that you're not just looking at your comics. You're also basically looking at trying to schedule yearly and even semi-annual reviews. Basically, you want to have it so that every so often you can look back and actually see how the comic's actually doing. You know, look at the financials, look at the numbers, determine if these numbers are good or not, and basically what to do with them. You know, it's just straight up. Sometimes you need to spend a little bit of time reflecting on what you've been to determine where you're going to be going. In the business world, this means you look at your financials, you look at your sales reports, and you basically look at how popular the comic is. It's just straight up. You need to analyze these numbers every so often in order to basically determine a better path. Yeah, I know. This is where the art basically gets into conflict with the business. But you're going to have to navigate that conflict as much as you can. While you're doing this, you're also going to basically want to figure out when you're going to do compilations. Yeah, I know. The good old trades, right? Basically, you're going to have to set aside time when you're actually put all your comics into something that's a little bit more papery and is a little bit bigger than the average comic. You need to allow for the fact that, well, occasionally you're going to have to remaster stuff, you're going to have to recompile things in a different direction, or you're going to have to make certain adjustments. It's just straight up. You're going to have to allow time... I mean, I know it sounds sort of easy to basically put together a trade comic, you know, one of those big collections of everything that's been going on, but the reality is, it's not all that easy. Sometimes you do have to do add some weird stuff to it, sometimes you have to do some serious editing, and sometimes you just have to tweak things a little bit. On top of that, you have to allow for things like forwards, afterthoughts, general plots, you have to figure out what's going to go into that trade, and if basically you're doing some special art specifically for that trade, like for example a new cover... Well, you're going to have to allow for that as part of your schedule as well. So every so often, sit back, figure out exactly what's going in your trade, and allow for it on the schedule. Also, because this is a comic, this also means that you're going to have to allow for comic conventions. You're going to have to put in appearances every so often, and you're going to have to allow for that. It's just straight up. You have to go out and do a meet and greet every so often with your fans, and conventions are just the easiest way to do this. You obviously need to basically not only schedule these, you need to have to make sure you've got the artist alley table sold and bought for. You have to basically make sure that there's going to be a lot of stuff to sell at that particular table, which means you're also going to have to have stuff shipped to that area. And when it comes down to it, conventions are a lot of planning. Ergo, if you can do a lot of this in advance, definitely do so. This is going to allow you to get cheaper hotel rates. It'll allow you to save money on the artist alley table itself. Odds are, you might even be able to swing a deal as far as some of your print stuff. In fact, you should also be able to, once you allow for the shipping schedules, might even be able to save some money there because you're taking longer to ship. And the longer you t- something takes to ship, the cheaper it is. 
free business tip for the night. It's just straight up. If you're going to be serious about doing conventions, you need to basically do a lot of planning for them. It's just not a really great idea to do this, you know, just for fun and to do it pretty much impromptu. It's you, definitely something that needs to be planned for if you're going to be doing it right. This especially applies if you have any specific marketing materials. And speaking of marketing, there are going to be times when you're going to be wanting to push. If your comic, for example, is horror-themed, obviously you're going to want to do a push in things around Halloween. If it's more of a, well, family-centered thing, obviously you're going to want to basically do something around Christmas. It's just straight up. You're going to have to schedule your marketing as well. So you might as well put it on that big planning schedule and see where it lands. I mean, straight up, you're going to find out real quick that that planning schedule is going to be your lifeblood on so many different ways. It's going to basically allow you to see exactly what you're doing, how to plan meetings, as well as the, uh, well, the annual reviews and semi-annual reviews. And it's going to help you with figuring out which conventions are best, and it will basically keep your schedule straight. On top of that, for those of you who are in advertising, you're going to start seeing some really cool times to advertise versus some really bad times. In television, we call this the sweeps. It's just, you know, there are particular times within the year that are just really good to advertise. So figure out all this planning ahead of time and make sure you've got it all nice and marked down and ready to go. For those of you trying to actually figure out exactly if you're going to have to Bring somebody aboard? Yeah, this is exactly why you see a lot of businesses have a chief of operations. Basically, this is somebody who's in charge of the schedule and making sure that schedule's kept. It's just straight up. It's a great person to have. If you can afford one, great. Even if you have somebody who does it informally, hey, that's good too. You need a cheerleader and you need somebody to keep you on the straight and narrow. So, definitely, if you can get somebody in there, like a secretary or an actual some business manager, definitely go for it. I mean, you know, I definitely appreciate if you can't afford one, that's fine. Just pointing out that that person is going to make your life a lot easier, especially considering the fact that you're essentially an artist and you're not really that much of a businessman. Having somebody who is more of a businessman and less of an artist is definitely somebody you want to have on board as quickly as possible. So when you basically start dealing with the structure of your business, and at some point in time you're going to have to, definitely allow for somebody who's... Not all that much of an artist, but he's one heck of a businessman. And just let him have a little bit of fun with it and actually pay attention to what he says. You know, there's going to be some creative stuff he's going to suggest that you can actually shoot down. But generally, listen to what the guy says. After all, you're paying him for his, your, his skills, and it would definitely behoove you to take advantage of that as much as you possibly can. So straight up, definitely keep scheduled. If you have a problem with keeping scheduled, Bring somebody in who can keep that schedule for you. It's not really all that hard. Okay, because we're also talking about schedule, let's talk about some of the weird stuff that you as a comic book geek are going to want to do. Yes, we're looking at weird things like holiday specials. We're looking at stuff like anniversaries, and we're definitely looking at crossovers. All of this stuff has to be scheduled. It's just straight up. If you've got a plan for a holiday that's coming up, because you know that's going to be really great for your particular audience... Then definitely schedule. Figure out exactly what you have to do in order to allow for that, and to start, you know, just start planning ahead of it well in advance. You know, three, four, six months at absolute minimum. You're going to find that the more you plan for it, the less pressure there is, and the more fun you can have with it. So if all of a sudden you want to basically throw in nothing but little cameos and Easter eggs and pop culture references all over the place, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that if you only have a week to do it. 
give yourself some time, have a little bit of fun with those holidays, and just go crazy. On top of that, these are going to be the big issues of the year. It's just straight up. If we're, again, we're looking at television, we're looking at your big holiday specials. If we're looking at your comic books, best example I can think of off the top of my head would be the X-Men holiday specials, where they just simply had everybody around the table, games of no power football, and they were just having a little bit of fun as people rather than actual super-powered entities. So if you possibly can, schedule that kind of stuff in advance. If you're going to have any really special episodes or issues, sorry, yeah, I'd I'm going to apologize in advance. I know I'm going to keep messing that one up. But straight up, if you're going to have any special issues like your holidays or if you're going to have stuff like your weddings or divorces or major relationship stuff or if you're trying to plan the major villain battle of the year, again, you're going to want to see all this stuff on an actual schedule. You're also going to want to schedule in crossovers. It's just straight up. You're going to have to figure out once you you know, what the schedule looks like for not only you, but also the person you're doing the crossover with. Crossovers are fun. They're great for marketing. They're great for sales. They're incredible just for the writing alone. And sometimes it's fun to see two characters that have absolutely nothing in common all of a sudden grace the same panels. But at the same time, you're going to also have to want to schedule these things in, you know, figure out, hey, when can you do this? We can do that. Great. And basically just figure out you know, when the best time to pull that kind of thing off. And like you keep pointing out, if you have a schedule, you can actually look and say, hey, this is great for me. How's that work for you? And at that point, you can basically start penciling in the crossover and have a little bit of fun with it. Also, because there's other issues when it comes to crossovers, like marketing pushes, as well as basically trying to get the artwork down for somebody that's not from your comic. Well, yeah, you're going to have to have a little bit of a little bit extra time. And again, you're going to have to allow for that when you actually start scheduling this stuff. Also keep in mind you're going to have a lot of really fun stuff. You have some really great milestones. You know, your 5, 10, 20 year marks definitely should be celebrated. So with your 50th, 100th, 1000th, heck, every 100th episode should definitely be some sort of cause for celebration. These things need to be allowed for in the marketing, and once you basically realize that they have to be allowed for in the marketing, that means obviously they're going to go onto the schedule. So definitely have those milestones. Definitely celebrate them. Have some fun with them. You know, bring back people that you've never wanted to bring back ever, just to show that hey, we didn't forget about these people. They actually did happen. Yeah, flashbacks are fun, but at the same time, realize that you're going to have to put them on the schedule at some point. So, yeah. Definitely a lot for that. Also, keep in mind that as you're going to find out, especially if you do a lot of printing of your comics, you're going to have to allow for weird things like sometimes the printers do go through seasonal issues. You know, we're talking basically around June, July, when they basically have all those graduations as well as all the Mother's Days, the Father's Days, and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, that's a major problem for publishers. At the same time, we're also looking at holidays, if there happens to be some major holiday in the area like Days of the Dead or Christmas or even Thanksgiving in some places, heck, even Easter can be a major problem causing a bottleneck when it comes to your printing. You have to allow for that. Again, this is stuff that you can put on the schedule. Say, hey, we need to basically have all this stuff ready a couple days earlier. And then, hey, you'll be good to go. It's straight up. If you know you're going to have a problem with bottleneck when it comes to your printing, Allow for that. Give yourself at least another couple of days, maybe a week or two, and make sure that's on the schedule somewhere. 
Yeah, I can't not emphasize having a big schedule is definitely going to be a major advantage. All right, now that you've got this thing planned to pretty much death and then some, you're also going to basically want to schedule in those semi-annual and annual reviews. You need that point of reflection in order to figure out just how you've been doing. This means, obviously, you're going to be tracking your sales figures. You're going to be tracking your audience numbers. You're going to be tracking a lot of feedback that you've been getting. And this is going to be stuff that you're actually going to want to bring up. Even if it's just you, you still want to basically go through every quarter or so, every three months, and just basically go, hey, is this working for me? Does this need to be changed? And if so, how do I need to change it? Like I said, you're, you're going to find there's going to be a lot of areas where you as a businessman are in conflict with you as the artist. That's fine. That's the nature of the beast. When it comes down to doing these reviews, obviously this is going to create some interesting problems because sometimes you're going to have a character that you absolutely love, but is actually causing your basically your stock to sink. And so because that getting rid of that character is going to be something you need to look at. Because of this, when you start looking at your numbers, keep in mind you don't have to panic if you see areas where there's major slumps. And you, you know, obviously, if you see places that are incredibly crusting, figure out what you did right then and do more of it. But at the same time, don't worry about the slumps. Over a year's time, you're going to see a lot of places where you just slumped. That's fine. That's basically just part of the business. Yeah, it would be great if those slumps were higher, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, a lot of people, when they start looking at graphs and they start going, oh my gosh, I don't like this valley, that valley's even worse, what did we do there? It's just straight up. You need to realize that those slumps are just part of the business. Don't panic too much. Figure out, like you said, where you screwed up and try not to do that again. But at the same time, don't panic too much that you have a couple of slumps here and there. It's just straight up. You can't keep a consistent 100% quality of your comic year-round. There are going to be times where it's not so great, and it's going to be times where you weren't caring too much because of a breakup or a death in the family or you are trying to deal with a sickness, so on and so forth. Those slumps are just part of how it happens. It's unfortunate, it's sad, but if you see a lot of them, don't panic. Try to look at and concentrate on the where every all the crests are. It's just straight up. If you worry too much about the slumps, it's going to drive you crazy. So worry about them, but don't worry about them. You know what I mean? Also, you're going to be wanting to look at your site visitors. It's just straight up. You're Again, this is an area where you're definitely going to see a lot of slumps. You're going to notice that basically you're going to have a literally high crest wherever it was released. And these are going to basically peter off a little bit until, of course, you release something else. Again, it's not necessarily you want to concentrate on the slumps. You want to basically figure out what the patterns are. And then how to exploit them in terms of your marketing as well as try to figure out exactly what was going on at that particular time. You know, sometimes you're going to find out that your comics just happen to be pretty much a little bit more topical and a little bit, thus a little bit more relevant. But generally speaking, if you can figure out what tied into it, you know, what kind of anniversary issues were you doing at the time? What kind of special creatures were you doing? Did you have some really great jokes at the time? Were you just having a lot of fun? Anything you do to bring back that little bit of fun and basically create a little bit better crust, then hey, do it. Figure out what you did right and do it again if you possibly can. And you're also going to want to look at the reviews and comments. Yeah, I know. This is the one that no artist wants to do. Because, well, you know, you've got your particular vision and you've got these people who have no clue what your vision is and how dare they disagree with you. 
Yeah, that's how an amateur does it. If you're an actual pro, you'll take a little bit of that feedback. You'll figure out exactly what they're trying to say. You'll basically go, hey, I can change this or I can't change this. Sometimes it'll be more of a, no, I've got something going on. I appreciate what you're saying. But at the same time, I've got something that needs to be allowed for here. So it's just straight up. You know, you've got to figure out which reviews and which comments are important. On top of that, you have to keep in mind that you can be review bombed. Basically, this is when you basically do something in real life that causes you to be hated by pretty much everybody. And it's either something you can fix, in which case, go for it. Or it's something you don't want to or you can't. I mean, yeah, there's going to be a lot of trolls. There's going to be a lot of people who are doing reviews just to basically tick you off as well as basically get give you a negative rating. Yeah, these people are completely jerks and they need to be ignored. At the same time, however, do pay attention to the reviews that actually matter. Try to figure out where people are basically saying, hey, this is what you're doing great, this is what you're doing bad. Do more of the good and try to figure out how to fix the bad. Yeah, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are completely jerks about the reviews, but again, you're trying to be professional here. At Fortunately, this means that you do have to pay attention to a lot of these bad reviews. Straight up, this is where you're going to have to figure out where is an artist the reviews actually matter versus, you know, just is this something you can't change? And sometimes you're going to get some really weird reviews relative to your particular comic. I can just think of how many times Johan Vasquez has gotten so many complaints about, well, I can't believe I'm seeing all this blood and murder and all this really nasty stuff that I don't want to see in a comic. Yeah, it's Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. You know, straight up. It's all about the blood, the guts, and the gore. So somebody complaining about, oh my gosh, blood, guts, gore? Yeah, this person's a moron and probably shouldn't be reading that particular comic. So again, you're going to have to basically figure out, I mean, straight up, if you're doing a lesbian comic and somebody's complaining about, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's lesbians in this comic, that person is obviously clueless. If, on the other hand, the person is starting to point out specific problems within the relationship that you know, can be fixed. I mean, straight up. A lot of people tend to get some basic relationship stuff done. They tend to basically go for the ultra-dramatic. And a lot of fans will nail you for that being ultra-dramatic. That's obviously something you'll need to listen to. Yeah, if they're having way too many plot holes develop all of a sudden, that's something you're also going to have to keep in mind then as well. It's just straight up. When you start looking at the reviews, you're going to find that about 75% of them are pretty much bogus. You can totally ignore them. They make absolutely no freaking sense. And the people who wrote them obviously didn't pay attention to your marketing. I mean, straight up. If you're promising all the sex, all the gore, all the swearing, and they're complaining about all the gore, all the sex, all the swearing, these people are probably not, you know, all that bright in the first place. They probably are bright. It's just they read the wrong comic. So straight up, those you can pretty much ignore. At the same time, however, you're going to find the other one in four are going to be pretty much spot on. So pay attention to figure out which ones are those one in four and definitely pay attention to them. I mean, just straight up. I mean, this applies, that three out of four even applies to the people who absolutely love your comic. Yeah, it's great to get adulation. It's great to get pats on the back. But at the same time, a lot of these people are giving you thanks and praise for all the wrong reasons. So definitely, 
hey, take the pats on the back, but pay attention to why they're actually saying it. You're going to find, by the way, that a lot of these, the three out of four, are going to help fine-tune your marketing. Yes, just straight up. If you see a lot of people who are reading your comics and are giving you, like, point out the wrong reviews, then that means obviously you're doing something wrong in your marketing. If you've got a lot of people that are basically figuring out this was probably a family-friendly comic and they were really shocked by what they saw, then obviously you're accidentally marketing it as a family-friendly comic and it's just coming off that way. Yeah, I know. If we're looking at, say, Xenozoic and their Red Riding Hood and somebody's basically going, hey, I'm surprised about this, that person probably doesn't have a clue what their version of Red Riding Hood is all about. That's fine. But at the same time, if you see this is a consistent complaint, it may be time to look at your marketing and see if you're doing it right on the mark. It's, you'd be surprised how many people are marketing their comics all the wrong ways. This is where you start looking at reviews, looking at the bad ones, and seeing if there's any overall patterns. Allow for those patterns in your marketing, maybe also in the writing and the artwork, and you should be fine. You'll be able to course correct and actually come up with a slightly better comic. <laughs> or at least a better marketing plan. So just something to keep in mind. While you're also doing this analyzing, you're also going to be wanting to look at your paywalls. This is the stuff that basically you get the actual money from. Uh, we're basically looking more at Patreons and Kickstarters here, but you can also be count your merchandise in here as well, as well as, of course, how the comic in general is doing. But definitely look at your ancillary projects. What I'm basically looking at here are, you want to figure out how your merch is doing, how you can basically do better merchandise, and have a little bit more fun with it. If you happen to get people that basically want particular merchandise, definitely listen to them and see about doing that kind of merch. Sometimes you might want to try some really weird stuff, Hey, definitely keep track of how this is. I mean, if basically you decide to do this really cool wallet and make that as part of your merchant, and well, that wallet pretty much bombs, then you may want to really debate doing that wallet, especially if it's expensive to do. Conversely, if that wallet's taken off and you can actually make more of them, definitely go for it. When you're doing merch, your big question should be, what can you do for the fans? I mean, straight up, if you got fans that are heavy into t-shirts, great. If they're into baseball caps, outstanding. But if there's something you can provide, then definitely go for it. I mean, straight up, you're going to find that the fans will actually tell you what products they're interested in. And by taking advantage of that information, you can actually relay that to whoever's actually doing your art and actually have a little bit of fun with it. I mean, straight up, if you need some really great fan stuff for your fans then you're going to have to see the fans actually respond by actually giving you more money. That's hopefully not a bad thing for you. I know it wouldn't be a bad thing for me. You're also going to be basically wanting to look at your Patreon. You're going to want to be seeing what extras are doing well, what extras are, well, not really worth the time, and basically apply that knowledge is appropriate. You know, obviously, if it's an extra that's working, outstanding. Do a little bit more of them see what happens. If it's an extra that's not quite working then it may be time to just simply discontinue doing that extra. I mean, it was great doing it, but it's not getting any profit, then really start debating that kind of stuff. The bottom line here is, when you start looking at your merchandise and the other stuff you do for to get profit in there, definitely start debating and seeing how it's actually doing. This is a part of that analysis part. So definitely take advantage of it. Once you've been able to look at all this information, actually analyze it and have a little bit of fun looking at the numbers, well, you're going to basically start debating one of two types of changes. The first is obviously going to be the content itself. 
uh, straight up. You're going to basically be looking at all the reviews, all the fan information, so on and so forth, and really debate if there needs to be changes done in the content itself. Yeah, again, art, business, conflict, got it, okay. But at the same time, you're going to be finding that by listening to your fans, sometimes by listening to your fans, you actually make the story stronger. Sometimes you make more interesting characters, and sometimes you'll get rid of characters that just simply aren't working. It's just straight up. Sometimes you need to look at this stuff and actually go what the fans want and actually allow for it. You know, if the fans are basically clamoring because they want to see two characters finally go at it, and you've been doing this for like two or three years, then hey, it may be time to either have the one heck of a brawl or one heck of a romance. Either way, you wouldn't be a bad idea to listen to the fans in that particular area. You might also want us to debate tonal shifts. And we're not talking like anime-type tonal shifts, where it basically goes from light and fluffy all the way to grim, dark, serious. You know, we're just basically saying, hey, sometimes you may notice that your comic itself happens to be changing tone over a period of time. That's fine. Things evolve, things change, things sometimes get better, sometimes they get worse. It's for you to figure out exactly where that tonal shift is going. You see this in actual published houses, and you actually see this in TV all the time. Sometimes you'll even see it in book series, or even, for that matter, movie franchises. The bottom line is is that you need to basically figure out if your fans are worth it, and actually listening to them is something you want to do or not, and you also need to basically figure out if overall the changes are overall doing well for the comic or not. Sometimes you'll want to do something that's really, really cool, but obviously it's not working out too well. So just shelve it, use it for something else, is all I can suggest. It's just straight up. If something's not working, then it's not working. Don't use it, okay? If it's something you really won't do, you'll figure out a way how to pull it off at some point in time. So just straight up listen to your people that are basically giving all this information. At the same time, of course, you're also going to be wanting to debate changing vendors. This not only applies to... Who's printing your comic book, but also who's doing your merchandise. Sometimes you're going to be finding that you're basically just not getting, you know, you and a vendor have not synced up all that well. And so there's just, not only are there a ridiculous number of miscommunications, a lot of problems in terms of quality, but there's also a lot of problems that you just can't fix. You know, it's just straight up. You need to analyze and see if your vendor's doing exactly what you need that vendor to be doing. You know, you're also going to be wanting to obviously compare prices. If there's a new vendor in area who basically happens to be doing the exact same product, obviously look at the price and quality and see how they compare. It's just straight up. There's nothing wrong with trying to get the best price, especially if you can maintain the same level of quality. If there is a definite cheapening of the price, but also the quality is a lot worse, that may not be worth it. So, you know, really debate when you're if you're basically looking at and seeing some major vendor issues. Um, if you are basically looking for changing a vendor, see if you can get some samples done up. Sometimes you can, but there's no harm in asking. Also, see if there's a way you can basically have a little bit different contract than the average person, especially if you happen to be doing a ridiculous amount of money for the vendor. Uh, straight up, if you happen to be doing, say, tens of thousands of t-shirts, see if you can get a cheaper price for it. Not only is it worth it to you because at that point, hey, you're basically be getting a little bit more overhead, but at the same time, it's worth it from the vendor's perspective to keep you as a customer. So, you know, don't be afraid to play hardball when it comes to your vendors, especially if you notice that the situation isn't working out. 
Again, part of your analysis should be, hey, are we getting the best possible products for the are what we're paying for? And if you're basically saying, no, we could be doing a lot better if we went with vendor over here X, then it's time to start shifting over to that other vendor. It's just straight up. You cannot recommend enough to basically look at your analyses and see exactly what's going on with your business. Okay, all of this has basically been done on a quarterly review. That is, every three months, basically say, hey, so let's sit down, let's figure out what's going on, let's see what's working, let's see what's not, and try to adjust that for the next quarter coming up. At the same time, you're going to basically want to do a semi-annual or annual review that's going to be a little bit more important. Well, you're not just simply looking at the numbers. You're looking at seeing if the general trend of those numbers is going on an upward path. If it is, hey, you're good to go. Keep going at it, figure out what you're doing right, do more of it, figure out what you're doing wrong, do less of it. At this point in time, this annual review, you're going to want to sit down and take a hardcore look at the numbers. You're going to be wanting to see, you know, basically, do you like the reviews overall? And the key to keep in mind here is would be quarterly reviews are pretty much just a general, this is a spot moment, let's see how we're looking. You know, if we can basically do a quick course correction, great. It's just straight up. The big annual review is basically where you start looking at all this stuff and really hardcore debating everything that's going on. That's fine. This is what you as a businessman should be doing. You need to basically take a hard look, make sure everything is going exactly as you planned, and based on that, plan for the future. Remember that big schedule we were talking about? Hey, at this point, it's not necessarily going to be ripping it up, but you're going to basically see how much of that you can extend into the future. You're also going to be wanting to basically sit down and say, hey, what are some major events we need to plan? Whereas these quarterly reviews were pretty much just basically, let's see how business is going. Cool. You're now basically taking a little bit harder look and actually trying to figure out what you need to accomplish in the next coming year, even the next couple of coming years. You know, this is where you basically start going, what's it going to take to basically increase our level of success? If you need to hire people on because you can actually afford it now, do it. Like I said, business manager should be the first person. Right after that, some sort of marketing executive. You know, somebody can basically do your advertising for you, so that takes a ridiculous amount of weight off your shoulders. At this point, at that point, just simply start figuring out who you need as you need them. I mean, yeah, if you've got the money to basically afford an employee, definitely go for it. You're going to find that those extra employees are actually going to help your profit over the long term because they bring a different skills, different perspectives to the situation, and those different, different perspectives can do nothing but help your business. So definitely, if you can have some money to actually afford bringing somebody on, definitely do it. Also start debating crossovers with other people, debate podcast appearances, debate which conventions you're going to because some conventions just simply didn't work for you, some of them did, and some of them did totally great for you. Obviously, these are situations you're going to need to keep up. Um, when it comes down to it, you're just going to have to figure out during the annual review, basically what's working for you, what's not working for you, and what are your plans for the next year. This is something that everybody needs to do in their business every so often. If you're just simply going along on a cruise control, then you're probably not going to be doing as well in your business as you possibly could be. You know, you need to shake things up every so often and make a couple of changes. But try to make sure that when you do make changes, they're not changes just for the sake of change. They're actually reasons behind that actual change. Either you're noticing certain characters aren't working, you notice that certain situations within the comic need to be changed, or there's in-house drama. You know, 
you, if you can make a change that's going to improve your comic, definitely make it. But don't make changes just for the sake of making changes. Straight up, you're going to find that 9 times out of 10, your worst possible business choices are going to be when you've made a change just for the sake of making a change. Yeah, it can be empowering. It can be powerful. It can make you feel like you're in charge. But you're going to pay for it in the end. 9 times out of 10, those changes just for the sake of trying something new usually don't work out as well as they actually plan. And sometimes, 9 times out of 10, they work out a lot worse. So straight up, if you're going to do change, make it intelligent. Don't just do it, you know? This is one of those times where we're telling you not to do something. So please heed this. Also, as part of this annual review, you're like I said, you're going to be figuring out what your plans are for the next year. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff you need to keep in mind. Obviously, conventions. If you can do more of them, great. You know, it's just straight up. The more convention appearances you put in, the more linked you have to the fans, and therefore the better your comic is going to be perceived overall. Also, because you've got the connection with the fans, you're going to be finding that the conventions actually end up selling a lot of comics in the first place, as well as a little bit extra merch, and generally they're a really great place for making contacts. So if you can do more of them in a year, definitely do it. Admittedly, this is going to take you a lot more planning, but hey, that's why you have that big scheduling planner, right? Yeah, it's just straight up. It's there. It's useful. Use and abuse it as much as you possibly can when it comes to conventions. Also, keep in mind that you're going to be looking at things like what kind of freebies and other merchant, new merchandise can you pull out. Yeah, freebies. Uh, a lot of businessmen hate the concept, but the reality is sometimes those little things you give out for free, you know, somebody orders a comic, you throw in a cup, uh, bookmark. Hey, at that point, you provide a little bit extra value and definitely is going to be appreciated by your fans later on. Even your basic customers appreciate being appreciated. I know that sounds sort of weird, but you know. So while you're actually planning stuff out, also plan stuff out where you can actually appreciate your fans every so often. You know, where can I basically give them a free comic book or something like that? This is what Free Comic Book Day is all about. It's not just about the marketing, it's also about the fan appreciation. Keep that in mind and your fans will grow. You know, also seriously debate vacation time. It's just a lot of people tend to forget to schedule in some little vacation time. This is where obviously you need to have a little bit of a buffer going. This is where you need to basically plan a little bit ahead. You know, basically do a little bit extra work the first couple of weeks before the vacation. But definitely schedule in a little vacation time. You don't want to go to every convention and just be stuck at Artist Alley for the entire thing. You want to basically have the occasional convention where you just let your hair out, where you dress up as your favorite character, and you just have a lot of fun. It can't be all about the business all the time. Any businessman who does that or tries that usually finds out much of the chagrin that it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. So definitely... Figure out where you can actually schedule in maybe a week or two of vacation time just for, you know, getting away. It doesn't have to be too the far into the planet or anything like that. Sometimes just a straight vacation where you're doing nothing is actually well worth it. You know, you binge a couple of shows, you just simply relax, you don't do anything business related for a week or two. You need to recharge your batteries and this is the most effective way of doing it. So definitely, if at all possible... Definitely schedule a little bit of time in for yourself. And 
straight up. You're also going to basically want to debate if you can actually do any extra digital books. Sometimes you want to do spin-offs. Sometimes you want to do something entirely new. You know all this time when I've told you to basically shelve something and basically do it later? Well, now you can actually start putting it on the schedule when you can actually have a little bit of fun with it. If you're doing really great and you have a little bit extra time to basically play around with some extra character concepts, then hey, go for it. Have a little bit of fun with it. Start planning these books. Figure out exactly what it's going to take to make them work. And just have some fun with it. So, you know, you're going to want to basically plan for your year. And it's not just simply about figuring out what you did wrong and correcting it, what you did right, doing it again, but also where areas where you can actually expand your business. Can you spend a little bit more convention time? Can you do some extra books? What kind of things can you give the fans? And definitely while you're doing this, don't forget to schedule some personal time. Trust me, everybody will like it. You'll be a little bit better and you'll be more on your game. And it's just straight up. You just something you need to do is just simply get away from life. Of course, once in a while you need is really debate rebranding. And this sucks. Man, this so sucks. You need to seriously debate. Sometimes you need to just simply do a quick course correction. That's fine. You know, the ship isn't always going exactly where it needs to go, so basically change the steering a little bit. If you can pull that kind of stuff off, great. But at the same time, sometimes you are going to need to do some serious rebranding. If you've done something incredibly stupid, like back to totally racist, sexist, hypocritical candidate, and you basically want to, you basically have tied your reputation into that person, and all of a sudden this person hits the biggest scandal in the universe, then hey, obviously you want to basically do something about that. Uh, if you basically have had a really bomb year where you basically have a reputation as being the absolute worst comicer in the universe, then yeah, time to rebrand. If you're having a situation where you have no idea where to go and you just want to do something entirely different, yeah, also time to rebrand. There's a lot of really great reasons for rebranding, but seriously debate doing it. You're going to have to spend a lot of time basically pretty much starting from square one. You're going to have to spend a lot of time marketing, a lot of money on marketing, trying to reestablish the new brand. And you're going to have to put a lot of work into figuring out what you're going to keep and what you're going to throw away. It's pretty much the biggest part of rebranding that pretty much sucks is trying to figure out what you need to basically do to actually change the brand. If you're a comic, if, you're com- if you've actually set up a comic company and you have three or four comics... And you're basically going to make those three or four comics part of the next brand. Yeah, that's going to be sort of weird because a lot of people are going to realize that, hey, all you've done is basically change the logo. And that's not a sufficient thing to do for your rebranding. You need to basically start fresh. That means those three to four comics, you either need to pare them down or get rid of them completely. So if you have something that's really, really working well for you, really debate doing a rebranding. If you can basically figure out some way to spin it so that you actually come out a little bit ahead or not smelling as bad, definitely do that. Don't do a complete rebranding unless you absolutely, and I mean absolutely, absolutely, absolutely need to do a rebranding because it just sucks. It's hard to do. It's really hard to pull off. And if you don't pull it off right, you're pretty much undoing every reason for doing the rebranding in the first place. So, 
Figure out if there's a way you can do more of a course correction or change something else, fire someone, get rid of something, or basically sacrifice something to the fans. It's just straight up. If you can do that rather than rebranding, definitely do it. Rebranding should definitely be the last step. And that, as you see, is pretty much the nuts and bolts. Yeah, I know, I can get a little bit more in-depth and have a little bit more fun, and we're going to be seeing me doing a lot of that. But what it basically comes down to is schedule everything. Have that schedule planner and just have fun with it. Make sure that you basically keep to it as well. Straight up, it does absolutely, absolutely no good to have all these deadlines set, to basically have all these crossovers in stone, to basically have all these really great conventions that you basically are going to figure out how to do the artist alley table that you're going to have to ship and basically schedule all that. Yeah, if you have all this stuff scheduled and you don't follow it, it does you absolutely no good. So as much as possible, keep to your schedule. Definitely review things every so often. Figure out what doesn't work. Figure out what is working for you. Do less of the former. Do more of the latter. And just have more fun with it. Try to figure out where you can expand at all times. And last but not least, definitely reconsider branding. If you Unless you absolutely have to throw that nuke down, don't. But when it comes down to it, this is the basic considerations when you start running a business. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more business decisions and it can really suck, but it can be a lot of fun too. And there's a lot of challenges and it can actually expand your skill set. Plus, if for some bizarre reason this doesn't work out for you, you'll be able to put it on a resume and say, hey, not only was I a CEO, but here's what all I did as a CEO. So definitely, stop trying to run your business as basically a side hobby. Get serious about it. Start looking at the numbers. Start figuring out. Start looking at the reviews. Start figuring out where you can change to make things better. Again, don't change just for the change. Change for because there's a reason. I cannot emphasize that enough. But the bottom line here is, don't run it as a hobby. Run it as an actual business and see what happens. I hope this has helped. If it has, this episode of Web Comics Reviews and Interviews is brought to you by Podfave.com. You love podcasts, but it's hard finding that next bingeable show. Podfave's has taken out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening. That's P-O-D-F-A-V-S dot com. And that's our show. For those interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. It features minicasts, next episode, and unedited interviews, and I'm working on transcripts of the various shows. We also have an Alexis app offering two-minute minicasts offering writing and business tips, as well as affirmations to keep you writing. We also have curated playlists on YouTube with all the shows broken down to different playlists based on topic. It also includes a good part of available minicast as well as the Alexis briefs. So please support our Patreon page, download the Alexis app, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and please talk to us on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.